Good afternoon. Welcome. Episode 15, not episode 14, what just appeared on the screen there. I don't know why it's using the old intro, but hey, we're on episode 15 of the Branching Factor podcast. I'm your host, Tommy Thompson. I'm now going to put my headphones on both of my ears because I don't have to listen to the um, audio monitor. And I'm here with a special guest today, the man, the myth, the legend that has actually been responsible for all of the audio goodness that you heard already that isn't my voice. Please welcome Ben Ridge. How are you doing, sir? Hello, very well. Well, well enough for now. Surviving, surviving. Uh, surviving complaining, yeah. com- complaining about people interrupting games of Counter Strike, which is what we were just talking about before we went live. <laughs> yeah. Um, as we've talked previously on the podcast, because we try and do it live, we've had issues with the internet not holding up, and so there was a conversation about do we get a second internet line? And I was, we were just talking about how when I was a kid, my dad actually bought a second phone line because back in the days of dial-up. You know, he's looking on eBay for football memorabilia or something. And I'm, I was going to say I'm interrupting it to call my friends. But now that I think about it, I didn't really call my friends. I usually just went round to their house. It's probably my mum calling someone. I think that would have been the problem. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, Branching Factor here on the podcast. We're trying to, we try to demystify all things games. And we try to pull from lots of different threads, get different people to come in and talk about their experiences in the industry in whichever way, shape and form that that comes. And so I thought Ben's a really good one to bring in, largely because one, we've known each other for a couple of years now. Two, over the past year or so, you've done, actually, you've been a big part of all the rebrand of AI in games and also with the podcast kicking off because the intro music and the outro music and all the stingers, actually, music like this. And this. That's all Ben. Ben did all of that for me. It was a very long and collaborative process. <laughs> as a, but a fun one, as I recall, a fun one. And uh, yeah, I thought, let's get you on to talk about what you actually do, which isn't just placating my needs to have little audio stings for podcasts and like YouTube credits and stuff like that. That was a really um, fun one because I haven't really played guitar much for a long time. I don't really get to play that much. So whenever anyone wants anything like that... I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Gives me a reason to work on my chops again a little bit. Which is funny because you've got like all your guitars on the wall there as a bit of a oh, flex yeah, as well. Scattered all around. But um, they're all covered in dust. You just can't see it. <laughs> like quickly dust them off or whatever. We're about to go on <laughs> yeah. air. Let's quickly tidy it, tidy it up. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so you've been running, well, actually you changed name of it all, did you not? It's now Unfathomable Audio. That's the name of your your outfit that you're running. Is that right? Yeah, nice nice work pronouncing it as well. A lot of people have a lot of trouble with that. <laughs> Everyone tries to say it a couple of times and they're like, really? Are you sure this is a good name? And I'm like, no. But uh, let's go for it anyway. Yeah, I changed because um, I was doing my own thing for like many years. And then over the past few years, I've been subcontracting more and now i've got some sort of regular teammates um so it's not really ben ridge audio anymore so i thought let's um let's lean into this a bit more and see if we can grow so that is the reason for the change of name gotcha because actually i looked it up as well i was just trying to figure out like what would people know you for outside of like the stuff you've done for me? Because like you say, like working with me as a content creator is like a total outlier. 
Um, but then mm. just pulling out a few other projects that you'd worked on. Um, Sheltered is probably one of your bigger ones. At, for me, actually, for a big part of it is Overcooked. So you did a lot of music on Overcooked All You Can Eat. Um, yeah. But you've done a whole bunch of stuff with not just Team 17. You've worked with like Disney and Marvel. You've worked with the BBC. Like like whole bunch of... Like it seems like it's such a breadth as well. And so how long how long you've been doing this now, I guess, like in a full-time capacity? Because I actually forget how old you are as well. Like I know I'm older than you, but I can't remember by how much. <laughs> I think I'm nearly 35 now. And I've been doing it... Um, as a freelancer, I've been doing it full-time since I think... 2014 so 10 years um most of that was not doing much work it just sort of you know how it goes it builds up a momentum over the years so a lot of the credits have been more in the last few years um what was the question is how long have i been doing it for i was going to say like how long you've been doing it and i think also then it just gets into because i think probably would be good is to actually to explain what is it you actually do? Because it's sort of music and sound design, but what does that really mean in the context of like game development? Um, well, it's hard to figure out how... To... So the music is just, you know, uh, a client comes up to me, they have a game. Usually, usually they know roughly what they want, but if they don't, then you have a few hellish weeks of going back and forth with demos and references and stuff like that. And that's kind of how the music side of thing gets going. The sound effects for games. What exactly is not apparent from the name of it? I guess, like, what's the? I guess it's like for me, like, funnily enough, I think it. What's interesting is the process because I remember I worked with the sound designer when we did um, Sure Footing many years ago. Uh, oh yeah. And uh, Ellie Rainsbury, actually, we worked with at the time. And just trying to, I found one of the hardest parts was just trying to express what I was trying to, what I wanted. And then mm. in a way that we, like you say, that hellish process of going back and forth of like, oh God, or is this is this making sense? Um, or when you get something back from them and you're actually like, oh, okay, that's, that's what we want. Or no, that's not what we want. I actually always found it interesting or difficult to kind of convey what I wanted? Like, is that something that you find, is it quite variable, I guess, from project to project? Or sometimes is it just that obvious what they want and it just, you know, clicks into place? Yeah. Luckily, I think most of the time it's either obvious and clicks into place or they're just not that worried about about how the sound comes out or they just trust that I'm doing the right thing. Um, sometimes it can be insane, though. Um I've been quite lucky. A few of the projects that I've worked on where they, they have required a lot of back and forth, I've come on after like the, the sound designer that started has gone off in a different direction for whatever reason. So I, I hear all these things about how they had to do all these different changes and everything the developer asked for, they did. And then the developer was like, Actually, no, that's not what I want. I, now that I'm hearing it, I don't, I don't want that. And but that's just the the way it has to go. I, I, clients always apologize to me when they're doing that. When they like they suggest something, I do it, and they're like, "Okay, let's do the opposite." Like it sounds, it, it probably kind of feels to them like they're wasting my time. But how can you really know until you've heard things? Because you don't yeah. you don't have the um, the vernacular probably just there ready to tell me exactly what you want. 
And how, even then, how, things could get lost. I was going to say, like, how does that feel in terms of, like, I'm assuming that you maybe have to have a bit of a thick skin for that, or at least not get too attached to what you do, because sometimes you're like, yeah. oh, that's, that's, that's like, you know, you make a, you make a track for a soundtrack in a yeah. game or something, you go, oh, that's a banger. And then they're like, yeah. actually, maybe not. Yeah. It's more painful with music, for sure, because, yeah, I think right. you, like, I think at the moment I'm going through a phase where I actually prefer doing the sound design, but I go back and forth. But when you do music and a track is coming out cool and you're thinking, I'm actually pretty ace at this, <laughs> it, then it hurts more when they, um, when they say no. But at the same time, it doesn't just, like, die. It goes into, like, my recycle folder, and there's a good chance that, um, that it's going to come back around and I'm still going to get to use this track that I was proud of. So... Sometimes, if anything, I'm a bit. It's almost a relief because it's like, oh, I, I'm, I'm happy with this track, and yeah, it's like it's not getting used here. But who knows? Something like bigger could come along, and that could be really satisfying. Funnily enough, now that I think about it, I remember you pulled a track out of your recycle folder when we started working on. I think it was the credits. I think. I'm trying to think when we when we worked together. I think the first thing you did was the branching factor, lick the opening of branching factor, and I think we were trying to come up with the like the tone of it, or like mm. the intensity of it because we were like we want guitars, we want guitar. Yeah. Um, but I think you originally sent me something which was sort of like oh you'd been playing with kind of like Doom 2016 style metal. Oh yeah, and I remember that and th- and I was like I love this. This is also a little intimidating for a podcast. <laughs> you know, you're kind of yeah. waiting for the voiceover about, you know, the Doomslayer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, because those, those tracks, I actually, I was, I think I was making them for Shepard 2, for the, um, the, the boss battles in Shepard 2, which I think quite rightly the devs didn't want. <laughs> but I was like, really happy with those tracks i was like come on some sometime i've got to get a, an opportunity to use these and now nah, i still haven't i still haven't used those yet but who One knows day. someday i just hope i still like them by the time um by the time i get an opportunity <laughs> to use them or like build from them <laughs> like i think I mean, is that also something that you you kind of again thinking about that thick skin and also not being too attached to your work because sometimes you'll make something and then be like, ah, oh, I don't like. Oh, they re- they seemed really happy with it, but it wasn't my best work. Like I sometimes feel like that actually doing YouTube stuff, where I like I'll put a video out and everyone's, ah, oh, that video was great, and I'm like, nah, yeah, that, that 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 wasn't that wasn't my best work. And then sometimes you put something together, like ah, oh, this is, but like you know, which that's what you were saying a minute ago. Like you put something together, you're really proud of, and they're like, we are going to go in another direction. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah, <fucking>. Sometimes <laughs> it's also. Um... Yeah, that is kind of annoying, like, when a track that I'm less proud of ends up being the one in the game. But sometimes it's a good thing, because it sometimes means that it sometimes is the track that is actually better for the game. Like, I think mm. I sometimes get a bit too carried away trying to be John Williams, and, like, and I'll do these, like, whoa, these crazy flourishes, all this stuff, and it's like, yeah, we don't... This is a puzzle game. <laughs> we just need, like, uh, <laughs> it's madness. We just need a background track. I'm like, okay, yep, good point. You use that we one, then I it. think it's just cool, but it, but it's probably is perfect. Nice, <laughs> nice. But yeah, so how did you actually get started in this? Like, how how does one get into working in games audio? Um, 
<laughs> probably quite a bit of luck um, and <laughs> persistence and being in the right place at the right time, which I guess comes into luck. My start was um, I got quite lucky. <laughs> yeah, outside uh, straight after finishing uni, I um, found a job doing audio for casino games, um, and I think the I think it was like the CEO or something was like walked through while I was doing my interview for that. And uh, and he was just a bit of a psychopath, I think. And I did like one thing. I think I said like said something about how I'm addicted to Pro Evo, the football game I was at the time, at least. And he just went addicted. Cool. And I left the room. And then half an hour later, they called me offering me the job. I was like, that's quite a horrible. <laughs> that's what they want from me to like. That's the gambling industry. But, no, um, that was that's that's <laughs> there's a couple of red flags in that conversation. Right <laughs> yeah, it was. Quite a strange situation. And especially considering I didn't really even know what I was doing. Like, I had never even done sound design before. I did... I should be yeah, doing... What was your university degree in? Uh, commercial music performance. So I wanted to be, like, a rock god. Okay. Uh, but then I wasn't really enjoying the performance side of it, so I sort of switched from guitar to piano um, with a focus on, like, trying to get into composing. So that was, like... I was getting a little bit better at that and then so i was able to do some cool demo tracks for them and they were like also make the sound of like a, a slot machine winning thing and i was like that's pretty much music anyway it's just like an arpeggio that's harmonized with a synthesizer so i just managed to knock a couple of those together and they were like cool so pretty lucky that i got that job and i did that for like three years and then my friend was making sheltered uh and he wanted me to do the audio for that uh, so I did, but then, uh, and this was with Team 17, they wanted me to come up to well, Wakefield yeah. uh, to do it in-house. Uh, so I did, and I got on quite well with a few of them, and they were like pretty overloaded with um, audio stuff. There was a lot of uh, escapists stuff going on, DLCs, yeah. and also <clears throat> they did like the Walking Dead thing. Uh so I was like, well, I can hang around if you, if you need some help. You need. So, I, <laughs> yeah. so I stayed for just like, I think just like another three months and helped out a bit with that. And then after that, I was like, oh, I'm a big shot now. I'm going to go freelance and I'm going to, and people are going to come to me. Which is not the way it worked out. And I didn't actually hear from Team <laughs> 17 again for years after that. Uh, so I was just like scrambling, mostly doing more casino stuff uh, and worked like a part-time job while it gradually built clients. Um, this was like, it didn't really start going well for years. Uh, I was going to say, luckily, it, was it kicking off around the time that we met? Because I remember around the time we met, that was when you did Overcooked, right? Which was, I guess, was that when Team 17 came back to you? Yeah, I think they'd come back to me a little bit before that with a couple more DLCs, Overcooked and Escapers DLCs. Um but yeah, that might have been around the time that I did All You Can Eat. And yeah, soon after that, they had a lot of work coming my way as well. And the thing, the I don't know if you've noticed this, one thing that really helps um, to like spread your network is when you are working for a, a client and the contacts you have there leave and move to another company. Yeah. And then, and then it's like, well, now I've just... The more that leave and go elsewhere, the more companies you've you've got contact in. So a bit of that happened, and I think that was what really helped spread things a bit. 
and that was how I ended up on um, Bish Bash Bots when I finished off last year. Um, yeah, it was it was it way. was funny because I remember not long because try to think we've known each other what four or five years I actually like pre COVID so that's at least four um, yeah <laughs> yeah so I think we've known each other for about four or five years yeah because I was still out doing sure footing stuff I think it was like twenty eighteen yeah, or twenty nineteen because um, hmm. I remember because you were like oh I've, I've just been working on overcooked all you can eat which I thought was really funny. Because I knew the guys from Ghost Town Games who made the original oh, Overcooked. Yeah. Mm. Whereas you were over at Team 17 now, because at this point, kind of Phil and Ollie had kind of gave Team 17 the IP and it's like, all right, you know, go and do what you want to do with it. And they were having fun making money hand over fist, I think. Um, <laughs> so it was kind of funny to see Overcooked again in my circles. Like, oh, right. Oh, cool. You're running Overcooked. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, and so I, I think you're right in what you're saying, like particularly like once people move around, because I've had, I've had a whole bunch of people reach out to me in the last year or so who are like, oh, I'm at such and such company now. Maybe we can yeah. find a way to work together. And some of them, yeah. it's like, yes, we have. And then others, it's like, oh, that plate's still spinning. And then one day if a project manifests, then, yeah, you know, um, and I think certainly when, because we're, we're both work for hire, I guess. So... Mm. Getting those people in the right places at the right time, I think, can be can be really valuable. Like, funnily enough, the yeah. the the software company I worked for before I got into games. So this is going back now about oh god, this is about fourteen years. Jesus, I feel old. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a so- that was a software company that worked for investment banks, and funnily enough, one of the biggest things that actually led to that company gaining a lot of extra business and hiring a lot more developers was um, Lehman Brothers collapsed. Oh, right. Because the guy who, who founded the, the company was like some senior partner at Lehman who left to set up the software company. And then mm. all of his contacts were in one bank. And then, of course, that bank collapses. They all get jobs at other banks. And then suddenly yeah. they had like 10 times more work coming in. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, I remember chatting with them a bit at one point and they're like, you know, it was horrible, but at the same time, it's also the best thing that ever happened for us. Yeah. So I think, I mean, um, go ahead. Go on. Sorry. No, no, you go. I often think about that with when people, I mean, like, I know it's a nasty subject at the moment, but like when people are made redundant, it's um, obviously horrible and shocking at the time. And it's like, fuck, what am I going to do? But the uh, before all this like massive waves of it like in the last year or two whenever i had met anyone that had been made redundant they i think like 100 percent of them ended up somewhere where they were much happier and paid better and just life was better and so like kind of you just said with that things do end up tend to end up better when that happens hopefully that'll be the case for yeah i mean i think particularly also if you've if if you you know, you go. You, you know, you you are positive and you engage with people well. Mm. You know, I think a lot of people, um, kind of are able to achieve more off the back of word of mouth as well. Where it is, it's oh, this person's been let go, and then of course they have an established relationship with someone else, and they're like, hey, you know, we should hire, we should hire person X to come and work for us because we know yeah. they're available and everything else. And yeah, you know, yeah. It comes back to that whole don't be a dick. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it helps. It really helps to just not be. 
Welcome. Like here, here's how to succeed in game audio. Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. <laughs> I think I literally said that um, when Matt got me into uh, do a talk at AIU. I think pretty much the core message of my talk there was just don't be a dick, and and you'll probably kind of get on all right <laughs> in the industry. Really, yeah, <laughs> might be get... slow at first, but you'll get there. It is. It is funny because the amount of times where you bump into people years later, and it's like, oh yeah. <laughs> You were a dick. And actually, funnily enough, they don't tend to stick around that long because what happens is everyone finds it, oh yeah, that guy's a dick, so we don't talk to them now. And then, by and large. But So funnily enough, you were talking about kind of being on and off quite a bit. Like, how long was it then that you were kind of working part-time while you were getting projects coming in periodically? Because I think that's also probably the bit that most people will struggle to stick out. Yeah. Yeah, and I think the... um persistence or consistency is like probably the most important part so yeah that does suck i don't know because it was split between different situations so at first um at first i moved to my mum's house to style so gotcha. i was able to i think she did charge me rent but it was like barely anything <laughs> um probably just to make sure i don't just slip into <laughs> a strange way of life but um <laughs> So I was like just about, I was probably getting like one small gig per month. And and like, I know that one gig a month would be massive for a lot of people, but this was like um, a casino client that's got an area in their mobile app that needs a 30 second loop. So like, and I was charging, a, that would, I'd only charge like a hundred quid for that sort of thing at the time. So that was not going brilliantly. And then I just kind of got stuck, uh, sick of being in Swindon. So my friends who were living in Cambridge and said, oh, you don't have to pay us rent. You can just come live in a living room and you don't have to pay us anything. I was like, oh, well, I guess I'm used to mo- <laughs> mooching now, so that might be much different <laughs> over there <laughs> with you guys than it is with my mum. So I'll do that. And when I was over there, um, things started picking up more, but it wasn't really enough. And I, and I did feel bad about the mooching. So that was when I got a job at VP Garage. Um, and then... That only actually, I think I only had to keep that job for about six months. Um, I guess the timing just coincided with things starting to pick up. And also I was teaching guitar and playing guitar at wedding gigs as well. So like, even when this stuff wasn't working out, I was managing to find beer money in other ways. <laughs> so <laughs> not, not playing with the eight string uh, death metal guitar or anything like not We're not doing that for the weddings. Um. <laughs> no, I did that uh, every now and then. Sometimes I'd have a few beers at the, at the gigs. I don't know if I was supposed to or not. But um, yeah, like we would play play that funky music, White Boy, uh, at quite a lot of the gigs. And I really don't like the guitar solo in that song, so I would sometimes just do my own thing with that. And yeah, sometimes I got a bit too confident and got a bit <laughs> whacked the distortion up a little bit too much. <laughs> Can I just say I'm I'm disappointed we don't get to see that at your own wedding. Uh, yeah, what the hell? Why didn't I play guitar at my own wedding? You, you were you had another you had other things to be worrying about. I think you just you just <laughs> went to the it's just getting through the day. It's a huge amount of work, yeah. so totally appreciate that. Maybe that I thought you were going to say staying staying standing was uh, one of the issues. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, I, 
I I had that problem a couple of times. Mm. I completely just glazed over a couple of times. I think during my big day where I'm like, uh, what's going on? Um, so no, no. I, I think adding to oh, the look pressure. Look at that few of hours have just gone. <laughs> yeah, like what happened? Am, am I still married? Like, is this happening? Like, what's going on? Um, <clears throat> but yeah. I was going to say before we we get into the the rest of the the podcast, one of the things I did want to talk about or actually ask you about because I remember when you were working on this, you did work on the Marvel HQ. App. Yeah, I remember you telling me briefly like, "Oh, I'm doing work for this Marvel project," and of course, as the resident Marvel nerd, I was like, "Ooh, that's cool." Yeah. Um, like, what was that process like? Because it seems like you've worked, like you said, like sometimes people are just like, "Yeah." I'll do. We'll throw it in our game. Sometimes they add for a, ask for a bit more feedback. But this is time. This time you're working for like a big corporation, so it's Marvel mm. through Disney, and then of course the developer. So like, was there a stricter vetting process on that because it's you know it has to fit the Marvel style or or anything like that? I think more the problem with that stuff was making it suitable for children. Um. No death so, metal guitar there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like, and they want they wanted like cool action hero, uh, superhero music, but still kiddie sounding, and it was just a really tricky. Um, I I, sus- I suspect that the the devs that I was working with didn't uh, exactly know exactly how they wanted it to sound, and they sent me some references of like. Um, like the teen Spidey, Spidey and his friends, or I can't remember what it's called. The oh cartoon. yeah, the, the current cartoon, yeah. <clears throat> and it was it's kind of like teen punky poppy music in a lot of places. And then when it does have like the orchestral stuff, to me it didn't sound very kiddie like. Um, it was still just like pretty pretty epic <laughs> so i was like oh it's not helpful i don't really know what to do so i just do that sort of thing and just throw in like xylophones marimbas uh that was pretty much <laughs> what i did <laughs> pretty much what happened um needs a vuvuzela like let's get one of those in. <laughs> right. but then i think they um when i did that i think that was when they realized they they are more interested in leaning towards the cool Epic superhero side of things, but um, like more let the how it sounds in the MCU. Yeah, just just maybe not quite as like powerful brass and and that sort of thing. Um, it didn't. That was that was one where I wasn't really that happy with my work, but um, but I think they were happy that it fit what they were trying to make. So I just yeah, sometimes you just got to live with that. <laughs> <laughs> I would have and loved that, to have been a real Marvel th- thing, like a, you know, like a Spider-Man as we know him, or something. And I, and for me to be able to just let loose, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's funny how that you know, you were saying there about you know, yeah, it's not my best work, but it's attached to a Marvel project, so that's that's pretty cool. Like, yeah, you've got... it's cool, but it's in a way, it's also less cool because if you go on my website and you see that, you, that's probably one of the first things a lot of people would click on mm. and then the demos they hear from that is just kind of like nowhere near my best work so it's kind of a shame for that to happen but like oh well. let, okay, so let's 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 sell you up big then what do you think is the best project that, or the best work that you've done regardless of whether the actual the the client thought as much like what do you think yeah. is like the best work you've done in a project 
Probably um, those Doom tracks that no one wants to use. When I get a first, when I get funding for a first-person shooter, we'll we'll do it. We'll 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 get you in to do the music for it because I don't oh, think no. I can afford Mick Gordon. So you <laughs> yeah, know, I'll you're the next best thing. Off Gordon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good to me. I got the eight string. It's good. That, there you go. You're primed. You're ready yeah. to go. Like, I guess, I guess for you as an audio guy, though, what's what are the games? I guess in the last few years, in terms of music, that actually have really stuck with you. Like, what are your game soundtracks where you're like, oh yeah, like that? Um, I'm just looking at my website now. To see, I quite liked the stuff I did for Overcooked. Actually, Overcooked, all you can eat. I was pretty proud of how some of that came out, and Thymesia too. I keep, I go back and forth with that, like. Thymesia was my chance to do a From Software. Uh, so I was like, oh, there we go. I was like, this is this is what my life has been leading up to. <laughs> but um, and so when I think about it that way, I'm like, ah, I probably could have done better. But then I have moments too where I listen to it. I'm like, oh, that's pretty fucking mental. Uh, that's cool. And it, it gets a lot of nice comments on YouTube as well. That soundtrack, so must be all right. It's kind of like frantic elevator music, I've always thought. Like you're in the elevator what? from hell sometimes. Which, <laughs> yeah, maybe that one. Because <laughs> you're like, where's the lettuce? You know, kind of running around <laughs> trying to play the game or whatever else. Oh, you're about overcooked. I thought you were talking Are about Thymesia with that. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, you said overcooked for a second and I thought you were still talking about that. I didn't realize you oh, sorry, no, I switched, I switched to Thymesia. Okay. <laughs> I haven't played Thymesia. I need to check that out at some point. Um, Pretty cool. People say it's like um, Bloodborne mixed with Sekiro. Okay. Kind of. It's um, okay. I haven't played that many uh, Souls likes, but I have played that one, and I thought it was pretty cool. Obviously, it's not it's not a Bloodborne, but it's uh, one of the closest things I've seen around that gets like a, a fairly cool atmosphere in there. Our work here on the Branching Factor podcast is made possible thanks to the good folks who support us on Patreon. As you might know, me, Tommy, the host here of the Branching Factor podcast, I run the AI and Games YouTube channel. I talk about how artificial intelligence works in video games and how AI research is empowered by the use of games. And AI and Games has been supported by our Patreon community for several years now. And it's thanks to them that we receive sponsorship that helps me and the team do more, including spending time with my friends right here on the Branching Factor podcast. Supporters on Patreon get access to a whole bunch of content for the Branching Factor podcast. You get to listen to episodes ad-free and even get to listen to them early before they go live to the wider world. Plus, you can submit questions to the team here on our Discord server, have your name read out in our producer credits, and even get bonus content that doesn't get published elsewhere. To find out how to join, head on over to patreon.com forward slash AI and games. That's Patreon. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash AI and games. And a special thanks to all of our patrons for their continued support of everything we're I was going to say, we're going to have to get onto games at some point, because I know we want to talk <laughs> yeah. about We've got some Souls games to talk about. They come up in the news, they come up in the games and whatever else. But uh, yeah, before we, before we get into that, right before, what's the best place for people to find you if they want to hear some of the stuff you're doing, where do, where should they reach out to you? How do they get in touch? <laughs> well, that's tricky because 
my website is so unfinished. But it's I guess un- it's unfathomableaudio.com, I believe, is your, your website. Right. I believe that's right. That's it, yeah. And then there is a, a contact page there. Who knows if it works? Um, <laughs> <laughs> if, it, if it doesn't, uh, benridgemusic at gmail.com is the one I've been using for like 80 right. years. Uh, and then, worst case it's... scenario, reach out to me. Brandingfactoraiingames.com, yeah. and I'll put you through. To, I'll put you through to Ben. Yeah. <laughs> we'll make it work. Uh, That's good. You could just right. gradually become my, my agent. That's it. Yeah, I've because I don't have enough things to do. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, let's 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 get into the video games. Play some music. So yeah, I thought I would quickly talk about some of the stuff we've, we've both been playing. Uh, I'm still playing Suicide Squad at the moment. Um, Suicide Squad kills the Justice League, and uh, they killed the Justice League in it. I don't wow. know if this. I don't know if you've been. If you've. This is something you've kept an eye on at all at this point. I've. I've seen little. I've seen pictures. Is all I've seen. I've not even seen any. Um, footage or anything i'm looking it up now because because it's it's so it's this um it's meant to be an online like loot shooter which you can play in multiplayer yeah i have not played it at all in multiplayer in fact the one person who i would have played it with is my brother who because we have a shared library he gets to go and play it but he went off and played it and finished the whole thing before i even got halfway (laughs) through it um so now I'm like, oh, you know, can we play this together? And he's like, nah, I'm done. I'm like, all right, okay, well, fine. Um, like, it's, I talked about this on the last episode. It's a perfectly competent looter shooter, but it's it's wearing the DC skin of the Suicide Squad, which I don't think necessarily works for it, because I think particularly also it's developed by um, Rocksteady, who made all the Batman Arkham games. And so it's like, all right, well, people aren't really that jazzed for the idea of a Suicide Squad. I was actually chatting with um, my buddy Graham at the weekend and we were talking about how Suicide Squad is one of these comic book properties that is being kind of like thrust upon everyone because it is a media property that like Warner Brothers really wants to push because they can make movies out of it and they can make merch out of it and whatever else. But like as a video game, it, it, I don't think it's an IP that really works I think it should be a roguelike, basically. I think that's that's where Suicide Squad becomes interesting, because what if they actually die mm. as part of playing it? Whereas this game, it doesn't it's not really doing that at all. It's just sort of they're thrust the narratively, oh, it's a suicide mission. But you know, you're not really gonna die because <clears throat> No. Because you know but, you you're supposed to get to the end. But yeah, but it's okay, because <laughs> we're gonna kill the Justice League, and then that's that's the important thing. Someone's but, gonna die, don't worry. But yeah, like so I I'm jealous because you've been playing Evil West, which I've been looking forward to playing that for a little while. Like what's how's that? How's that been treating you? So I've only been doing like um ten to fifteen minute bursts, mostly while Apex Legends is updating. I get caught out <laughs> by that. Um so I'm probably not that far into it, but it is fun. Like Is it on uh, PlayStation now or anything, or did you just pick it up? Yeah, it was on it was on PS Plus. Ah, um, okay. It was one of the, the the bottom level free ones, I think maybe last month or the month before or something. Uh, yeah, so I've just jumped in a little bit because I remember when the like reveal trailers came out for that, I was like, that's that's fun. <laughs> it's very arcadey. 
Yeah, it's got this kind of like Xbox 360 late 2000s vibe to it. <laughs> I found I don't really care what's happening in the story, and that's probably why I'm not really like <laughs> gagging for more every time I stop playing. It's just a bit of fun. Like the the, com- the combat, I think, is quite fun, and it's getting more fun the more stuff you discover. But yeah, I find myself like not really caring about reading the notes you find and and stuff. But yeah, I think it's I think it's a fun game to give a go. All right, I think it's it's on my t- it's on my backlog. I think I'm hopefully going to play it this year because I really wanted to sit down. Like my gaming time is always a mess because it's like games I actually want to play and then games I'm playing with friends and then games I'm playing for YouTube and then and then <laughs> everything yeah. else. Um, which I don't talk about the games I'm playing for YouTube because that's actually a secret for a, a myriad of reasons. <laughs> yeah. But hey, um, actually, It'd be interesting I, to see what you think of um, Evil I, West because I, I consider myself like uh, not a good voice for <laughs> for reviews. <laughs> like I, I don't know <laughs> enough to be able to like give you a good idea of if something's good or bad, unless it's from software, in which case it's obviously good. Well, well don't worry, <laughs> we're going to get to that. I don't. Yeah. We're going to get to that. Um, so funnily enough, actually, uh, when I just wanted to quickly make a mention of something I've been playing because yesterday, uh, so Dead by Daylight, which is the um, horror multiplayer game that I like to play, has just launched an Iron Maiden event. Oh yeah, which I saw this. I, I, so it was so funny because I knew they were doing some sort of collab with Iron Maiden, and um, you know, full disclosure for the audience, like Iron Maiden's my favourite band of all time. <laughs> I have seen Iron Maiden live about 14 times. Um, and no, I'm not joking. Uh, I've went on family vacations just to go and see Iron Maiden in yeah. foreign countries. Um, that wasn't my fault. I blame my dad for that. But uh, so they've they've launched. It's a, it's a very simple collaboration. It's actually a way to get money out of you because they've done a, li- a, a limited set of licensed skins. So four of the killers in the game, the Doctor, Oni, the Dredge and the Gunslinger now have Eddie skins based on Iron Maiden album covers and then like two of the survivors have uh, I think it's Kate and Jake no Jeff who are both kind of musically inclined have got two or t-shirts now that they can wear yeah. but they changed the background they changed the main menu now so it plays Fear of the Dark when you log on and it's got right. this it's kind of got this motif that's inspired by the Brave New World album and stuff and so I didn't know this was going to happen and I booted up Dead by Daylight yesterday and I was just like Whoa! And I, I like literally ran out of the room uh, to my partner who's who's who works in the other room and I'm like, how'd you heard of it? He's like, what? I'm like, it's two of my favourite things oh, oh. dead by daylight. I had made <laughs> it's, it's all happening at the same time. <laughs> they're like really? Okay, is that good? Are you have is, is that fun? I'm like, oh my god! And then I ran away and I I, I spent twenty-five quid on all the cosmetics. I immediately bought all the cosmetics. <laughs> Having not bought any premium cosmetics for this game, and I've been playing it now for oh, like yeah. three years, I've never. I think. Oh, oh tell okay. lie, tell lie. I bought like you some were excited of the, about the scream one, weren't you? I think. Oh yeah, I, I buy the battle passes, but I think no, that, oh, okay. I, that's a, that's a lie. I have bought one premium skin set. It was some of the Resident Evil skins, um, okay. for like Leon and. I think I'm trying to remember who the other character was, but anyway, but yeah, I usually don't buy all the skins, but I was just like, Oh my God, I need to have it. Um, one of the things I genuinely love is, so when uh, the characters put on their Iron Maiden skin, so it changes the background music to playing Fear of the Dark 
by Iron Maiden in the game. And I'm like, that's the coolest yeah. thing ever. But also the, the gig t-shirt that uh, Kate and Jeff can wear, it's actually, it's actually a tour. They've came up with this fictional Iron Maiden tour that never right. happened. And then like, because they're in really high quality. So you can read the graphic on the back of the t-shirt and it shows you the name of the tour, but then it gives you all the, like, the um, venues that it played. And it lists all the maps from the game that are not licensed. And I was just like, this is the best thing. I'm so happy yeah. right now. <laughs> Even though I'm being killed, I'm literally being hunted by a guy who's playing the doctor, who's, who's got the power slave Pharaoh Eddie, and just like murdering the shit out of me. I'm like, this is so good. I've had so much fun playing this game as I die, you know? Um, oh, I just, I just had I, a little I, listen. I thought... I wondered if they'd um, maybe done like an, a remix of Fear of the Dark or something for it. Seemed like a um, situation where, you know, sometimes for trailers they do covers, but with yeah. like orchestral strings or something like that. I wondered if they'd do that, but it sounds like they've just used the actual song. I think, or am I so wrong? I'm, I'm not sure because I, I keep listening to it and thinking, I'm not sure if that's Bruce Dickinson's voice doing the vocals because oh if it is based on anything it's based on the original album version which is from like 1990 whatever but I'm listening but I but funnily enough I very rarely listen to the original album version of Fear of the Dark because mm. it's not the live versions of that song are way better so really? I very rarely listen to the the album version so I'm like uh, <laughs> and I, 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 also I, I you don't just know. know it inside out probably like I like I I guess I probably would still say Megadeth are my favourite band, but I don't really listen to them anymore. Um, and I, I don't touch any of their, like, the Rust in Peace album and stuff like that, which is probably one of the best albums ever. But I know it inside out. <laughs> so, but, yeah. Like, I could still say it's my favourite, even though I've probably not listened to it for, like, ten years or something. Fear, actually, funnily enough, Fear of the Dark is the only Iron Maiden song I can play. Um, or I oh, could play. Oh, nice. Last time I actually yeah. tried to play my guitar. Um, but uh, yeah, it, but ah, I'm I'm loving it. It's just it's it's all just a it's entirely cosmetic. It's just a lick of paint that they've applied to this game. But I just had this little moment. I I didn't yeah, get any man. work done yesterday afternoon. I'm just like the two best two of the favorite things. <laughs> I've made it to the one thing they're doing a they're doing a they're doing a Slipknot collab though at some point. I just saw that while I was looking this one up. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know when it comes out, but I'm excited for it. And I think it's I think That's all they're doing. I think all they're doing is just the masks. So I think it's going to be mostly the killers are going to get Slipknot masks. Mm. And I'm like, oh, cool. So you'll buy, like, you know, the drummers, maybe the guitarists, and you'll buy the lead singers, and then, oh, no, clown. You'll probably buy the clown mask. And then the rest of them, you're like, I don't remember who that is. Because there's, like, I don't know, 8,000 people in Slipknot now. Um, yeah. or have been in it and they all have different masks I see and different him hitting versions. a bucket once <laughs> yeah yeah there's like the clown dude is like battering a what was it he's battering a um a keg that's not what it is in one of the Can't music remember. videos but it's just like I'd love to be that guy but it's just my job in Slipknot is I stand here I look somewhat creepy and I occasionally hit this keg with a baseball bat <laughs> And yeah. I get paid the same amount of money, probably, as the rest of them. Yeah, that would be incredible. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Right. Hang on. Moving, moving on. Moving on. Moving on. Uh, right. Have you, have you played Helldivers 2? I have. Right. I, um, I've only had a few goes on it so far. And I've seen that you guys have been mentioning it in the chat, but I haven't been around when, when you guys have been playing it. But We've been yeah, playing we too much Helldivers. 
Helldivers 2. What level are you at now? If you do you just look I'm like I'm 11 or 12. Now. Okay. So I'm not too high up. Roper Roper's now like rank 16, I think. All right. I had a teammate that was rank 18 a while ago, and this was like probably like a week after it came out. <laughs> that was something it felt like. I'm like, how the hell? What else have you been doing with your life? And he had a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, I think I think that's one of the most appealing things about it. If you can actually get into the game right now, because they're still suffering <laughs> from, you know, uh, server woes and everything else. But yeah. like, the more time you spend with it, I think it's really just unlocking the stratagems. That's mm, the coolest yeah. part. Because so I, many, and they're so cool. So what what, what rank are you now? <clears throat> Uh, three or four, probably. I think. Right. So you've maybe got like some of the eagle airstrike ones or something like that at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's probably. I can't remember which one I got, but yeah, just. Oh no, I might have gone for the because there's the orbital precision strike is the one that you I think have at the beginning. Yeah, maybe. yeah. And then you can get the one that's all around the area. What, I had what's to. That one? I, I had to. I had to stop. Using that one, I think is that is that what the one twenty millimeter barrage or something like that? Because the yeah. amount of times I was playing, teammates, team, teammates would die. Even though I'm like, I'm in front of everyone, and I'm like, all right, yeah. that's, a, that's a nest of bugs. We need to take that out. I've got just the stratagem for this, and you do the thing, and then you throw it, and then I stand there like I'm going to wait, and then watch as the rest of my team run past me. Yeah. And I'm like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it helps. Is this when you're playing with people you know, or is this when it's just oh, no, strangers? Oh, no, it was random. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot... It feels like there's a lot to take in, and I've found a lot of times that I, I'm, I'm missing the information that's telling me, get out of this area. And so, yeah, I end up... I've been blown up a few times by that. I think I'm just not seeing it on time it happens pretty quickly i guess i think it's 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 the game's quite merciless i think in how it communicates information to the player um because it's also like hey well if 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 these dumb if if you do make a mistake it's it's comedy at that point because yeah, it has yeah, got this yeah. whole comedic streak like underneath it which i think is really yeah. fun because it's like oh yeah 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 we're just going to make you die in like the most ridiculous of ways and when it happens it's it's largely your own fault and that's okay because that's part of the humour of it. Um, yeah. And it's like, okay, so like, uh, when you call in reinforcements, you can kill each other by landing on I each other. By landing on them. Yeah. Or, yeah. Ro- Roper now aims for me. <laughs> I'm like, stop that. Um, but like, you can get a drone and throw a drone down and then the drone, just the turret, will just, it doesn't really, it doesn't pay attention to other hell divers or even yourself. So if you throw a, uh, a turret down, oh, right. it'll just shoot everything, including you. Yeah, just stay back. Yeah. I've, ha- I've had a couple I'm- of times where, like, I've had turrets behind me and I'm lying prone in front of them. Like, I can't move. If I try to get up, I'm going to die. But also yeah. there's, like, a hundred bugs coming <laughs> yeah. towards me. <laughs> just, just keep <laughs> shooting. If we're lucky, we'll yeah. get out of this, you know? Uh, Do you use the diving much? Has that been helping you out of situations? Uh, yes, sometimes, but I've had to learn to make sure that I've always got my sidearm ready and oh. loaded. Because what I do is, so I, I mean, even though I'm on PC, I play on controller, so I'll dive and change gun in midair. 
Because okay. usually what happens is my assault rifle runs out, so I die, yeah. change to my yeah. machine pistol, and then fucking... Yeah. And then it's like, okay, if that runs out of ammo, I will just die here. Yeah. It's all right, I'll come back. <laughs> it's fine. Um, I did unlock the... I think you got to get to rank 10 for it. It's the drone that has a la- that carries a laser gun. Oh, right. It, it, so oh, it's like, a, like the dog... Uh, uh, yeah, the guard dog. That's it. Guard dog, yeah, yeah. It's, I love it. It's so cool. So you sort of... It's yeah. a little backpack, and then it will just like disconnect, and it flies around next to you, and it's just holding this laser gun, and it will just point at bugs, and it is <laughs> so yeah. useful, but it is also highly likely to kill you. <laughs> like everything else, I guess. Um, so, like you, you know, you, you see bugs coming towards you, and it's like, and then like there's a bu- bunch of bugs to your left, and it just goes, oh yeah, and then it just like you know, your face off, your head off. <laughs> I'm like, all right, okay, and then it just cult- and what happens is, as soon as you die, it just turns off. So you just watch it like turn itself off as it kills you. <laughs> like, okay, thanks. Um, well, that happens. That's similar to a real dog, really. But yeah, you were saying like you, you haven't. We, we'll need to get you on because I feel like I think if you were playing mm. with friends, I think it, that's when it really comes together because it seems like you've been. Yeah. Uh, you've been stuck on. You're still on Apex. Like you. Yeah, I still can't. Like, I have. I've played Helldivers with friends. I think maybe only once actually. And I don't think you and I, I have ever played. Yeah, we've never played it together. I don't think. No, no, we haven't yet. <laughs> I'm sure we will. Yes, I like I like your confidence. Yeah, because um. yeah. I do want to. I want to properly get into it. I want it to like. I want it to tear me away from Apex for a while. It's rare that something manages to do that, and it would be nice for it to happen. Because Sam is getting so sick of seeing Apex on that screen. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like it. And they've changed so much in the latest season. So it's like a, it's like a whole new game again for me. But it looks the same. So. so- Humor me, what has actually changed? Because I'm so disconnected from Apex these days, I have no idea what the state of the game is. Um, so you can't pick up Evo shields anymore. I, I don't know if you were playing it when it got to the point where doing damage increases your shields. No. I think that was added so. a few se- Well, I was going to say, I haven't played now. it, I think, in about two years at least. Okay, yeah. So I think been, maybe before then, before then it was probably you just picked up the shields and you were stuck with it, but then you were able to increase them by shooting, by doing damage. Uh, but you could also still pick up better shields on the floor. Now you can't do that. Uh, there are different, but there are like more different ways that you can increase them. So there's still like Evo shields that get better when you do stuff. Right. Um, and when they level up, you can unlock a new perk for your character and, and these are all completely new so there's like a shitload of new perks skills that um that you can learn for each character so that's like a lot of new stuff the crafting has changed but there probably wasn't any crafting at all when you <laughs> when you last played i don't think so <laughs> yeah. um what was it you probably when you played, they probably didn't have uh, the banners, uh, the crafting banners. If you have a support player on your team and people die, then you can go craft their banners, even if they've timed out. Oh, okay. Um, so it seems like I, I hate playing without a support character on the team now because it's like it's a huge advantage. Um, and they've made 
the crafting of those potentially a bit easier to get done now. So you can save your team a bit easier. Yeah, just a lot has changed. And I'm, I'm not sure yet how it's going to change. I, I play with a couple of friends most lunchtimes. Um, I'm wondering if um, our tactics are going to shift. Although my tactic is just get shot in the side of the head while I'm looting because I just can't. <laughs> If I see a red box or something, I'm going for it, even if it's in the middle of a war. <laughs> it does seem like, so it sounds like they're trying to encourage faster respawns and just having people in the game more frequently. Because has it ever done, like mm. I know, um, was it Call of Duty Warzone has, was it has resurgence now, which is like the, the like you constantly are respawning until eventually oh, well. it caps out. Like... Has that ever is is Apex even ever done anything like that, or is it, do you think that's what they're moving towards? Is just trying to get more, keeping people more in the fight and keeping you mo- a bit more engaged? Because I think that's always one of the big problems, right? Because if you play a, a battle royale like that, if you die too early, then you're just like, oh well, or your teammate dies too early. Well, well, yeah. that's it, game over. We're not going to make it. Yeah. Although some people like it, and I found with one of my friends, if it's just two of us playing with a random or something, and they die and, and we've missed our chance to, to respawn them, um, we find that we try harder, we, we try to play smarter, and we actually tend to do quite a bit better when we're in that situation. It's like, okay, we can't, we have no, no one get our back now, so we've got to get our position early. <laughs> no more messing we've stop messing <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So that always helps. And yeah, you know, like a lot of the Twitch players, I think they like to be alone, right? And go around killing teams of three and looking like machines. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how people get so good. I've I've been crap at it since, I, I've been playing it since it came out and I've been crap the whole time. It was only like <laughs> last year that I started watching videos, like thinking, Are there some tips? Can I can I get better somehow? How do I, I get, get good? Um <laughs> yeah. You know, fun- funnily enough, like uh, on, I don't know if they do it in Apex, but they definitely do it in Dead by Daylight, where quite often their username is their Twitch ID. Oh yeah. I so they'll say that, like, yes. what they do is they'll it'll, it won't be the full URL; it'll be like their username, and then at the end of it, they'll write TTV. Okay. To imply that it's a Twitch handle, and yeah. so I af- I often find that these people are either absolute gods and help carry a game, or are yeah. utterly useless. Um, yeah, because I guess you don't. You, you probably don't really have to be good to be on on Twitch TV. So like, no, um, doesn't really then, mean anything. Uh, and then, funnily enough, I'm, I I won't lie. I have um, stream sp- streams uh, stream spied. I guess I haven't stream sniped. I've stream spied on other players where it's just like, oh, you're on Twitch. You're a killer, and you're on Twitch. Okay, I'm gonna. Um, what's stream? <laughs> uh, what's stream sniping? So that's like when if if you're playing a game of Apex and someone else is in your match and they're streaming it, yeah, you, you watch their their Twitch stream while you're playing against them, so you know where they are. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah. And Genius. I, I wish- I, I'll admit I have done that as a killer a couple of times, where it's like, oh, you've got your Twitch handle as your survivor name. Are you on Twitch right now? You are. I'm going to kill you now. <laughs> well. It's not. Well, uh, it's not illegal. No, I think. I think I did commit a cardinal sin as far as <laughs> um, as far as the games community is concerned. But I was like, I don't like you. You've you've got a silly username. You deserve to die. <laughs> yeah. 
And then like the one person who's been putting up with it, who's been like, I've been trying so hard just to win the game. I've been repairing all the generators. I've been healing everybody. I've been taking them off the hook while this person's mm. doing donuts over there. I'm like, <laughs> you get the hatch. You can, you can, you can escape. I'm not going to get in the way. So I'm just like, a kill- <laughs> yeah. I'm just like the killer in the corner. I'm just like, you know. <laughs> I'll turn, turn the other way for a second. It's fine. <laughs> just gonna, just gonna, you know, check my phone. <laughs> your axe hanging down by your side. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like a xenomorph that's just staring in the corner, <laughs> checking my phone. Like it's it's, it's cool, bro. Whatever. <laughs> um, handsome Jack in the chat has asked, has has Ben ever seen Predator? Um, <laughs> does he know? <laughs> he does, does he know, know something. <laughs> he does know. Is it is it Jack? Is it Jack Jack? Yes, Jack Jack. Yes. Oh, it so is Jack. I feel like he, I think he's trying to stimulate conversation. I need to find all the photos from Matt Stag do what it is. I think all I think I only have like four photos of you from the Stag do, and one of them is you and me having pictures of beer, and the other one, oh, yeah. the other three are just you watching Predator at different stages throughout the weekend. Um. Ah, good times. good times. I was thinking. I was thinking of ways I could be weird and ruin your podcast. I was thinking. I wonder if I could play <laughs> a predator theme on every instrument I have. <laughs> Just keep rotating around. That'd be I good TikTok material. <laughs> yeah, probably would. Predator on Just, panpipes. Yeah. Um. <laughs> and that's it. You know, predator on a ukulele. Uh, <laughs> predator on a theremin. Uh, oh, I don't have one of those yet. You'd have to do some jolty movements. <laughs> a fast arm. <laughs> oh dear! Right, well, we'll make it happen somehow. Uh, continue yeah. to subscribe to us here on Branching Factor. If we can get enough sponsorship money, we'll buy all the instruments that Ben needs, so he can do the Predator theme in every instrument possible, and then we'll put it all out <laughs> on TikTok. Um, <laughs> Hey all, Tommy here with a quick plug for an additional way you can support and engage with Branching Factor and everything happening at AI and Games. Our new website is hosted over on Substack, the popular newsletter website. You can catch up with every episode of AI and Games, including written versions of every video. Plus, each episode of Branching Factor is also available for you to listen there as well. By signing up with a free subscription, you guarantee that every update on everything I'm working on is sent directly to you and you don't have to manage different apps or social media platforms to keep in the loop. Plus, you can also support AI and Games as a paid subscriber on Substack from as little as $5 a month, and with that you get access to additional bonus content, including ad-free episodes of Branching Factor, our monthly newsletter and recordings from community meetings as we discuss future content coming down the pipeline. To subscribe, head on over to AIandGames.com to find out even more, or search for AI and Games on your Substack reader. All right, let's get into some... I want to talk about some news, because also some of this is super relevant to you. Ben. First up, I just, I just gotta, I just gotta plug the thing. I gotta plug the thing. Don't forget, the Artificial Intelligence and Games Summer School is going to be running on the 17th to 21st of June. Uh, early bird ticket sales end 
on March 1st. But also, I'm just it's, it's just super exciting because the Game AI Uncovered book, it's out today. Uh, I just hit myself in the head with it. And it's a really good book. It, it does damage, for one thing. Um, but we just got this out today. It's a whole collection of topics and chapters from a variety of game developers talking about AI. And uh, I got to be the opening chapter. So I get to write the introduction to this book, which was really awesome. And yeah, go buy it. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know that you were part of that. That's what, I've seen that going around online. And I was like, yep. oh, that seems like something... Uh... That sounds Tommy like something be, Tommy would be interested in. Yep, yeah, yeah, look at that. There you go. Uh, the the first chapter. In it. There you go. The Changing Landscape <laughs> go, yeah. of AI for Game Development uh, by <laughs> myself. Um, also, if you're in, if you head over to the AI and Games Discord server, all the links should be available for you, regardless of what platform you're on. Um, there is a discount code and a link that I've been sharing. If you are interested in the book, you can get 20% off until April 1st. So I'll also stick it in the show notes for the podcast as well but uh yeah i just gotta do my thing i gotta i gotta sell stuff but now that i've finished selling things i think it's i think it's time to get on to the thing that ben i think is most excited about so probably the coolest game related story that i saw this week is the the trailer for um shadow of the earth tree which is the dlc for elden ring uh was dropped this week with a confirmed release date of june 21st I haven't watched it because I have I have actively avoided. So Ben and I have talked about this elsewhere because I'm right now playing Bloodborne. I'm playing all the Souls games in order and I take a very long time to do it. So I'm years away from playing Elden Ring, but you were very in, immersed in that space. <laughs> I was indeed. When it came you still, out, you still think, have um, your Elden Ring poster on your, your lounge door, which <laughs> yeah. I, I, I love that. Because it, it's, was, is that, did that just come with the game? It did, yeah. And I was thinking my wife would have me take it down like that night, probably. Like, okay, that's very funny. Because I made sure that when she got home from work, I had the door shut with the poster on it and just blasting choirs. I had it loud as fuck. <laughs> just seemed like I'd gotten nuts. <laughs> and yeah, and it's still there. How long has it been out for? It's been over a year of that poster two, on that door. Two years. 2022 was Elden Ring. So yeah, that poster's been on your lounge door now for two years. And every time I come round, it's just like, it's this little, it's not even that big. It's like an A4 sheet of paper or something yeah. like that. It's not even um, central, half, like one corner's hanging up. And like, it's like, you didn't even like flatten the creases out, which oh. is also the thing I love as well. So it's like your house is, you know, we've been, I've been around your house a whole bunch. Um, you know, you have a nice house, it's all nicely put together, but there's just this like Elden Ring poster just like slapped on your lounge door. It's like this is where the Elden Ring happens, you know. <laughs> yeah. Back off. Have you watched the trailer then? I have. I've only watched it once so far. Um as is always the case with From Software, I was confused by <laughs> pretty much everything I saw. Seems like Matey Boy comes out of his egg. That's exciting. I think. Um, oh, I probably shouldn't spoil it, should I, if you haven't seen it? You, it's fine. It would be the first time you've spoiled something the From Software game for me yeah. at this point. <laughs> yeah, I, I get excited. Um, oh, dear. Yeah, it seems like there's going to be some pretty exciting stuff, and I think uh, DLC bosses are known to be, like, even harder than what's already in the main game. I don't yeah. know how the hell they're going to make something harder than Millennia, but that'll be I have, I have only heard... I have heard so many people talk about Melania, and now I'm like, mm, mm. yes, nightmare. <laughs> I'm trying have to you think. Of, any of it? 
No, no, not at all. I, okay. I own it. It's somewhere mm. on a device. I'm trying to remember which, but uh, no, because I'm finishing Bloodborne at the moment, and then I got derailed finishing Bloodborne because of video projects. Um, and so I'm still, I'm still where I was. I think the last time you and I talked about Bloodborne, uh, where, where was I? Hang on, I need to look, um, I need to look this up. Uh, I um, think last time we spoke, you had, we were talking about the one reborn. Oh, I, I finished the blood, the one reborn. I found that the one mm. reborn was like that one boss that I found super annoying. Yeah. Um, you went a fan. Because most bosses, he like, funnily cool, enough, though. yeah, like, but then most bosses in Bloodborne I beat after a couple of attempts. Mm. Um, so I didn't think it was it was that bad. Um, uh, what is it? It's one of the last locations. It's like a castle or whatever, and you can get frenzied by it if you're heading up towards it. Oh, yeah. Um, that whole Mensisy area. And you gotta hide behind those rocks and those big wolf yeah, things. Yeah, Mensis. Oh, Mensis Bloodborne. Nightmare of Mensis, that's it. Yeah. So I, yeah. I got up to the, the lantern in the Nightmare of Mensis and then I haven't went back, which I think I'm pretty close. I think I'm now like pretty close to finishing it, I believe. Have you um have you come across the thing that you let down into the abyss? There's like a there's a lever you, I think it's a lever that you pull and there's a character that's like held up in chains and it falls all the way down. I do not think so. Okay. Okay. Right. It's not, it's not a big deal. It's just, um, <laughs> it's just that it's on my t-shirt right now, but now I don't want to lean back and shoot. <laughs> well, you're coming around to my house in like <laughs> yeah, three hours. Or so else. <laughs> is it the, is it the boss? Was it the Mergo's wet nurse or whatever? Nah, you don't even. Uh, I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop ruining right, things. Okay, now, okay, that. okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, funnily enough, on that note, uh, there was actually some chat uh, about Bloodborne in the news this week. Um, around when, mm. of course, the the Elden Ring DLC got announced and everything else. Um, Hidetaka Miyazaki, the head at From Software, who of course directed all these games, said he was very happy to see fans calling for a, for a Bloodborne remake. Uh, to this was over on Video Games Chronicle but to quote uh, it is a title we hold very dear and just as much as our fans he said it does make me very happy to see that there are still so many people passionate about it put simply it makes me very happy to see it's a title with a lot of specific memories both for me and the staff who worked on it and when we see those passionate voices in the community of course it makes us feel thrilled it makes us feel very fortunate to have that and to have those memories which is a very it's like I don't think anyone reading that is going to think, all right, well, we're getting a, a, a Bloodborne remake anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, those are nice memories. Yeah. It's just a very positive, okay, uh, but buy this our is what new we things. Are, buy the thing we're working on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, having gotten as far as you have, would you prefer like a, a super cool graphics remake or would you prefer a Bloodborne 2? I think... Uh, <clears throat> I would rather they just make a Bloodborne two at this point. Yeah, like I thought it, I it, so it was it was interesting going back to a, a Souls game that still runs at thirty FPS. Yeah, um, 
which I think I'm going to ping pong between depending on future games because I've played a lot of like Dark Souls Remastered, which is all nicely smooth and 60 FPS and it runs really great on like a Steam Deck and everything. And then like playing this where I'm like, oh, this is this is Dark Souls 1 all over again. We've got that level of fidelity, which on one hand, it's it's very much in keeping with, with the, the games. And nah, I don't really think it needs a remake at this point. Like if, nah, you, did a, if you did a remaster... Oh, you do? You think it needs a remake? No, no, I, d- I don't think it does. I think it's, like, not quite old enough for that uh, yet. That it yeah. Like, preferable I mean, to a sequel. I mean, I'm playing it for the first time in, like, 2023, 2024, and I thought it still feels good. It still looks good. Yeah. I think a lot of the art design is, is still really strong. Whereas, like, yeah. you know, the original Dark Souls fell old very quickly, I think. Mm. Like you go back and you play that original one, or even the Prepare to Die edition, you're like, oh god, this actually feels and looks a bit rough. So I think the yeah. remastered was was definitely warranted. Um, I did all the um, Souls games kind of backwards because I started with Bloodborne, <clears throat> and then I think I went to Dark Souls three, and then and then I think I did the new Demon Souls and maybe then Elden Ring. Maybe there was one in between somewhere, and then I went back to Dark Souls one, Prepare to Die, and I was like, this is. This is it. This is the the big thing that everyone loves. This is jank, <laughs> jank city. It was so hard to go backwards like that. I still, I still did love it, but it took it's some a lot to. of jank. Um, <laughs> yeah, like so, so much phys- Like the physics jank is definitely calmed down. I think between releases, which which is mm. which is good. Um, <laughs> but even then, like playing the the remastered edition, they've still kept a lot of that in there. So oh, you're right. just like, oh, I'm just gonna for a laugh. I'm just gonna like slingshot this dead body everywhere with me, <laughs> as I just roll into it all the time and just like throw it with my hip. <laughs> like, right, <laughs> let's see how far I can throw this corpse. <laughs> you know, <laughs> oh dear, good times. Um, but yeah, so there we go. Uh, Shadow of the Erd Tree, which I'm assuming is the big tree in all the the footage of the game because I've still not played it. <laughs> June twenty first. Uh, <laughs> So that's that's you sorted. That's your wedding anniversary properly ruined. Um, <laughs> <Taken care of. laughs> and I'm probably going to have to play. Knowing them, I'm probably going to have to replay the majority of the game to access the DLC. So there's another hundred hours on top. Oh God! How long? How long did it take you to finish? I think Elden I put like a. <clears throat> I think I did something like 120 hours or something like that. Um, didn't need to. Like, I, it can be done significantly quicker, but I was having fun exploring. And I'm also just not that good at games, even though, like, I loved the From Souls once. Um, yeah, it takes takes me a while to deal with a difficult boss. It's, and, like, I was trying to do them without the, um, what, I can't remember what you even call them. Just, you can get, like, these spirit summon things that help you out. And I wanted to complete the game without the help of those. Right. that felt more... <clears throat> right but i don't think you're meant to i think you've got to be pretty elite to to do that so funnily enough i think that's been one of my challenges with bloodborne is i don't pay for ps plus or whatever whatever the online is called for that because i don't really have any games that i want to play online that are available on playstation they're probably available on another platform um Mm. so i fought everything entirely offline in bloodborne yeah. Um, so I've used some of the the computer phantoms, white phantoms, mm. but that's but that's it. I've not been able to, you know, 
call in for extra help or even help other people um yeah while i've been playing it which funnily enough when i was i was playing dark souls remastered last year i spent i was quite happily helping other people a lot because i I really love like that community and sent and the, I, I always play as like the sunlight covenant in dark souls so i'm just like yo anyone need to help with this boss <laughs> i've never I was, done that i suppose like, <clears throat> i'm not confident enough to feel like my help <laughs> would actually get them anywhere <laughs> well funnily enough i was playing as a as um what you call a like a cleric knight so all right i'm wearing a lot of knight armor but I've also mm. got very high faith. So I'm just throwing lightning bolts at everything. <laughs> Every time we go into a boss, they're running up like, ah, I'm going to hit it. And I just stay at the back. Like, <clears throat> it's a little bit of help from the background. <laughs> and, oh, oh, it hit me. All right. Well, I'll just have an Estus fly. Oh, we've beat it. Hooray. <laughs> yeah. And then like after I've done <laughs> that about five times and now my character level's too high, I'm like, I should probably fight this boss myself. <laughs> There we go. I win. Um, yeah, won it. Ah, uh, uh, right. Speaking of speaking of PlayStation and of course other platforms, after we were talking about this on, or rather, I was talking about this on the last, the previous episode of the podcast about Xbox, and they were talking about their whole thing, the future of Xbox. Which the whole point of that story was, everyone was super concerned that rumors were abound that Xbox are changing their tactics when it comes to releasing titles and other platforms. Now, as I discussed last time on the podcast, one of the big problems that Microsoft have got is this inconsistency in release strategy because they have things like Bethesda games that come out on different platforms and then previously when they bought Bethesda, some of their games were first party originally uh, exclusives to PlayStation, so things like Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo, which then eventually made their way to um, Xbox and PC, but then also you had things like their acquisition of Activision Blizzard King, which was done largely on the the onus that they are not going to then only have Call of Duty and games of that ilk release on Xbox because that would be anti-competitive and then probably the FTC and everyone else would lean down heavily on them. So they've been talking about the idea of like releasing some other part of their games on other platforms, which would be interesting because they're already on PC, a lot of them. So really their next step is PlayStation and Switch. And so they said pretty much what I said I anticipated would be the thing I talked about this on the last episode. Games are going to come to other platforms. Games will come out day and day on Game Pass on Xbox, but hey, maybe down the line we'll then sell it to people on PlayStation or whatever if they feel like it. And so they announced the first four games as part of this rollout. Pentiment, uh, Grounded, Sea of Thieves and Hi-Fi Rush. And in fact, by now, Pentiment is already out now on PS4, PS5 and Switch. Uh, Grounded as is coming out in April. Hi-Fi Rush is coming out in March. And they just made a big announcement of Sea of Thieves coming to the PlayStation 5 in April, which is quite cool. So there is actually going to be a dedicated PS5 version of Sea of Thieves. So I thought this is actually good to bring up with Ben because one of the reasons you and I don't bit game a lot together is you're very much in the PlayStation ecosystem. I'm an Xbox guy and I have been for a very long time because a lot of my friends are on Xbox. Um, does Sea of Thieves on PlayStation appeal to you at all? Like, yep. is, Does any of these games appeal to you? Sea of Thieves I'm fairly excited about. I've played <clears throat> it on PC and uh, I know that you guys used to play it loads, didn't you? And Early lockdown, yeah. We played a ton of Sea of Thieves. Yeah. I've only... I've only 
put a couple of hours into it and I didn't really get fully immersed. But it's like, it looks like the ideal game for me. I just don't really like, I used to be like a PC elitist or whatever you call it. Like I hated consoles, but <clears throat> now that I've experienced just sitting on my sofa and gaming and I and not being here where I work all day, yeah, yeah. I just can't go back to PC gaming now. Um, so yeah, I'm pretty excited to play that on PlayStation. That is out of that list, the most exciting. And hopefully... Which- Another game that we can... I don't think we've ever played a game together, but I think we've tried a few times. <laughs> and something, only... gets in, something stops it. <laughs> Try to think now. Yeah, did we not try to play one game online together at some point that didn't happen? We tried oh, yeah. um, we quite gonna... recently. Yeah, we were going to try playing the finals or something, and then we yeah, couldn't connect. It, yeah. That was it. And so we all and then we had up... that whole weird hassle of um, trying to get Call of Duty, and there were all those <laughs> weird versions, and that took ages. And then it looked like the download was going to be a million years. Uh, so I was just like, ah, have fun, guys. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I'll go play Apex. I'll see you later. I probably did um, just go on Apex. <laughs> <laughs> I think, actually, I think the only time I can actually think of you and I playing a, a video game together, because we played a lot of board games together, was I was running at your house and we played Multiverses one afternoon. Oh, yeah. And I was oh, yeah, just confused. Time with you. <laughs> Because I was like, I don't understand how this game works because it looks like Smash, but it isn't Smash. <laughs> yeah, that was peculiar. Peculiar game. We did play Marvel vs. Capcom, and that was before I knew that you're actually <clears throat> really good at uh, those old fighting games. <laughs> I thought, oh, it would just be like a button-mashing competition like it is with most people I play this with. And then I spent like the majority I, of the session in the air like you were just comboing me further and further. I, like, I totally forgot about that I totally forgot I about that you could do that oh dear yeah that um, was funny that was good fun thanks for <laughs> thanks for thanks for beating me up and keeping me in the air and not letting me actually play this game that I'm playing um, but yeah definitely I think if you if you get into Sea of Thieves we should I keep thinking of an excuse to go back and play Sea of Thieves I know um Viking Blonde, Will Overgaard. Uh, we've been chatting about doing some streams together, which is always difficult because he's based out in Seattle. So it's like, he's like, all right, do you want to uh, do it? And it's like, all right. Uh, so he streams at like 11 o'clock at night, UK yeah. time. And I'm like, okay. But yeah, <laughs> I need an excuse to get back into Sea of Thieves because it's a great game. It's it's a lot of fun. Um, nice. But I think actually, funnily enough... Uh, go ahead. I was going to say, I could be when... Um, <laughs> Inevitably, we're going to try and play Helldivers, and it's not going to be working. <laughs> and it'll be nice to have uh, see, see if Thieves is a backup then. It would be good. Funnily enough, I actually Ooh, had another, another image ready as part of this, but it's, it's disappeared, so never mind. But yeah. it actually ties into the next story that was coming up. Is, so you might end up like Sea of Thieves might be your game for a little while. Because mm. uh, Sony, like literally in the last week or so after... Xbox were getting everybody in a panic because oh does this mean the Xbox is going to be just going to end and then you're no longer going to have Xbox consoles because Microsoft are going to just be peddling their games everywhere Sony have came out and then said that they're expecting that PS5 sales are now in decline that the system is now entering its late stage this was after they were expecting to sell 25 million units, I believe, over what the, the current fiscal year, and they now anticipate it's only going to be about 21 million. 
and they have no plans to release any major existing franchise title over the next fiscal year. So that's up until April of 2025. No big sequels to all of their established IPs, which I think is a critical thing because it says no plans to release any major existing franchise titles over the next fiscal year. So it could mean that there's new stuff. Um, yeah. And also they want to try and push more content to PC day and date. Day and, date. and this has led to, was it Sony's, uh, Sony PlayStation share value plunging by $10 billion as a result. So Damn. you've not, I think actually you, all your new games that are coming out, you might be, you might be looking to Xbox for things to play on your PlayStation <laughs> for the next year, Ben. I hate to break it to you. Yeah, it might be. Um, I, the timing's not bad, I I mean, you got Elden Ring. Yeah, yeah. you can play that. That'll, that'll, that'll take up another hundred hours. Like, do you, do you buy a lot of the, like, the big... PS5 like exclusives, Spider Man, Horizon, Last of Us, that sort of thing. Is that anything that you're ever really that interested in? Not really. Um, I really liked uh, what year was it? The like the the beginning of the new Spider Man games, was it 2018 or something? Um, mm. I really liked that game. I had, I think it might be the only game I've ever platinumed, but I felt no need to touch any of the other ones after that. I just I don't know. It was fun, but I didn't need more Wolverine. I I will be all over if that's mm. <clears throat> still happening. I haven't heard anything about that in a while. I think they're still plugging away on it. I think it's. I'm trying to remember. I think it's a 2024 release. If okay. I remember right. Nice. Let me check. I'm going to double check mm-hmm. uh, what date they have currently got it pegged for. Um, I don't think. Oh, have they even got a, a date for it? It's set for release on PlayStation 5, nothing confirmed, apparently. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I, th- I was going to say some more details, I believe, about that game came out during the recent hack of Insomniac, which was a bit of a shame, oh, which right. we won't dig into. But, like, I think, funnily enough, like, the situation that Sony are in is exactly the sort of thing that PlayStation are in, in that they're trying to... One of their big problems is that they have pushed to have... The, the, the lead console, which also has a huge install base, and they really want to drag... Funnily enough, like, you're an anomaly because the thing they're trying to lure people in for are these big budget AAA titles. Yeah. So it's like, oh, people are going to buy a PS5 so they can play the new God of War, the new Last of Us, the new Horizon, the new Spider-Man or whatever. But the production budgets of them are getting so expensive... So I think, what was it, Spider-Man 2 apparently had a development budget of like $250 million. Spider-Man 3, which they're already working on, has a, apparently, according to the leaked information, has an estimated budget of like $350 million. So it's getting more and more expensive and fewer and fewer people are buying PlayStations. And I think they're now looking, funnily enough, to Helldivers, which is a game that Sony published as like indicative of tapping into a PC audience. Because that game has done far better than I think anyone anticipated. Yeah, you know, and that's not a discredit <laughs> to the game. I think I think it's a great game, but it, I think it's just it's captured an audience, particularly on Steam, that I don't mm. think they expected um, to have. And I don't yeah. think that's I don't think that's a good game to to look at and go. We need to mimic that because I think it's a very particular game, right? Helldivers is not something that you're going to make ten clones of. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, so yeah, the, 
pricing helps a bit with its success. It's a it's a it's like half the price of a of a regular next gen game. Oh, the hell divers! I think yeah, yeah. I think you're talking about the PlayStation. I do, I do think yeah, yeah. Like, um, how much how much was it on PlayStation itself? I don't actually know. Um, I think it was this. At least when I bought it, it was the same as Steam thirty five thirty five quid. Yeah, I'm, I'm just looking it up on the PlayStation Store now. Thirty five pounds. Yeah. Um, on the mm. PlayStation Store, which is quite reasonable compared to what most most of these games are like seventy quid, and it yeah. does have. That's one of the reasons I don't play them. I I, I kind of I, <clears throat> I I know I know it costs them a lot <laughs> to make these games, but I don't feel the need to pay seventy quid to play them. It's not on release at least, so I I quite often play those games like a few years later. Just yeah, just uh, the 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 cap I have on what I'll spend on a game. <laughs> It's also it's it's also due to your time as well. You're like, right, well, if I'm going to spend seventy yeah. quid on it, am I actually going to have guaranteed time to kind of carve yeah. out for it or or, or whatever yeah. else? But uh, am I going to be able to drop Apex for it as well? I, I mean, that's that's the other big thing is like you know if you've and and particularly clearly like Apex is free to play. So if you're mm. like, well, is this game going to be enough? to pull me away from the game I'm currently playing, the game that actually takes yeah. up a lot of my time. And yeah. I mean, I do the same thing with Dead by Daylight sometimes, where I'm like, you know what? I could be playing one of these other games. I have like all these games in my backlog, but I yeah. only have 30 minutes. Exactly. So, and you know, I've, it's, it's kind of like, I was saying it to Sam the, the other day, like for me, it's relaxing. Like it's easy for me to just put on Apex, and then one of my usual friends that I usually play with will either be online or they won't. If they are, we'll jibber-jabber, and we don't have to talk about what we're doing. We just jump in and play, and it's a social time, and it's just chilling out. I think playing other games is a different type of gaming. You've got to learn <laughs> what you're doing and focus. I should be focusing on Apex, to be honest with you. Yeah, but... Do you know what like, I mean? So you're probably the same with Dead by Daylight, because right. you, you're, you're used to being there. <laughs> but you, I said you've played the game for so long, that it's it's kind of muscle memory almost like okay you drop yeah. in okay i'm going to drop over here right i'm going to go and find this I'm, you don't have to actively think you're not having to really pay attention to story or whatever else that's going on and so it is it's like kind of it's like the comfort food of video gaming <laughs> yeah, you exactly. don't really have to think about it and so yeah, yeah when another when these games come along and it's like oh here we go it's a 70 quid proposition like all right okay well maybe i, I don't know maybe maybe i'll check it out maybe i won't um yeah. And I think that's that's a big problem. Like I think Helldivers is priced really well. Um, it does have monetization in it, but I do like that it's not that aggressive in its monetization, in the sense that there's the acquisitions, which are a battle pass, which you only unlock through progression anyway. And I think well, right now the first battle pass is free, and there's a premium battle pass as well. I'm going to assume they're going to always have that, like one freely available, one premium one. Um, yeah. And there is like skins you can pay extra money for using the paid currency or whatever. But then you can find the paid currency in missions. Yeah, that's quite which cool. Is kind of neat. Although <clears throat> I think they like, isn't it like in each level, like for the first few, you get like a hundred of the credits or whatever it is. And then they start reducing it when you get later on. I'm wondering if they've reduced it to the point where 
you will never be able to save up enough for the premium battle pass. I should have a look. By playing. I should have a look because I wonder if it is. It's because, like, I know I got a whole bunch of super credits and now I'm like, hang yeah. on, how much have I got? Is it like, oh, I've got 10 quids worth of super credits or it's like I've got £1.10 worth of super credits but I've played the game <laughs> for 30 hours? Um, yeah. Either way, they're, they, you know, I do think it is, it is well... Um, well positioned in terms of its in terms of its pricing, so I think yeah. and like because I bought it on PC and like on PC it was like twenty something. It was only like twenty five quid or something on Steam. Nice. So I actually bought the the premium version with all the extra cosmetic nonsense because it was thirty pounds or something on Steam, and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be well pissed off when we play together and <clears throat> have all this cool. <laughs> Cool shit, and I've just got basic. Have you seen that one that looks like it's from Dragon Ball Z? The um, the red thing that goes over yeah. one eye. <laughs> so I I only just discovered like have you have you seen the um you know like the emotes? So you start with the salute emote. Yeah. Have you yeah. seen the other ones like the fist bump and the hug? I haven't. I've only seen clapping because I think you can unlock that pretty early. But so you got ah, there's like the one that you get when you finish the round, but you can mm. also just do a standard emote. And oh, like, I see. Yeah, I found there's a hug emote, <laughs> and it's like you just stand like that. And I thought, what does that do? Like, hang on. And then, like, actually, what happens is if you go up, to, if another person comes up to you and they press A, you hug it out. No way. That is ace. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> to the point that we when we jumped onto, um, we were playing a, a match a couple of nights ago. I think it was Roper. Like, we're all coming on the ship. Like coming out of the freezer capsules, and he stood at the stair the stairwell that blocks us from getting further in, and he's just like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> "We hugged him all It's like everybody, yeah, you need a hug to get in. That's the charge. That's the that's the cover. I want to get a screenshot of um, you know, when you fire off the rocket and it uh goes and explodes, and there's that massive mushroom cloud in the background. <clears> They've made it super cinematic and cool. I want to get a silhouette I... of two of us, two people hugging. <laughs> <laughs> Like or the like there's, of, um, there's also one. like a there's also like an explosive fist bump emoji. Oh, nice! So I feel like that's the one to get is do the explosive fist <laughs> yeah, bump like as there's a mushroom glide in the background. <laughs> <laughs> I did post one of those on um, Blue Sky uh, a couple of days ago. I, I just posted a photo of me standing looking at the mushroom cloud that I created from the ICBM launch, and I just titled it "Democracy." Um. <laughs> It's like, ah, this this game is so good. I I do wonder how many people don't get the satire of it. I feel like they start off uh, like the the intro thing uh, leans into the comedy more, I think, to start off on letting you know, by the way, we're we're fucking about here. (laughs) And and then maybe they're a bit slower, a bit more serious after, but if you know what I mean, they set the tone quite early. Hmm. I ju- I just wonder if people are just not getting this kind of very strong anti-American, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, military complex vibe that is like laced throughout <laughs> this. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Uh, <clears throat> I think the only other thing that I was going to bring up today in terms of news, which I don't think this affects you at all, but it 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 it, it upset me. Uh <laughs> Not that it's that big a deal. Then it has affected me. I appreciate that. You're such a good friend. Um, So there's rumours abound that 
but the, the original rumours that the Switch was going to probably have a 2024 launch looks like it's going to be pushed back now into 2025, uh, probably Q1 2025 at this point. Uh, this is from uh, a Brazilian journalist, uh, Pedro Enrique Lute Lipe, who claims in a new OX to Controle video that he received information from five separate sources, as reported over on Video Games Chronicle. And we knew that they were, weren't moving towards what seemed like a late 2024 launch. There's a lot of third-party developers who have access to Nintendo Switch 2, or whatever they're calling this console, dev kits. And it has been showcased to developers in some corners, as I've heard, even I've heard this firsthand from some other devs. Like, oh yeah, like we had somebody on our team who saw the thing. I think they were showing it off at Gamescom last year to some in a closed door situation. But it looks like it's Nintendo's even telling publishers don't expect the console now until 2025, which George and I both agreed that we thought they were going to probably announce the Switch, the new console in the spring with an intent to launch it uh, later this year. But it sounds as if they're pushing it back largely because Nintendo themselves don't think they have a strong enough first party rollout for the launch. Like they want to have like a couple of really strong games next to it to help get out the door. So, because let's face it, when they did the, the Switch, it was Zelda Breath of the Wild, which was a massive system seller for them. And so I think they're going to be looking for something of similar magnitude. And also bearing in mind, the first year the Switch came out, they had Zelda but they also had a whole bunch of other smaller first-party titles and then, like, Mario Odyssey. So they hit the ground running that first year. I don't... I think they were just worried. They're not... They need They need a big Mario title because they're not going to have Zelda because yeah. Zelda came out last I mean, year. It was a bit off. So Metroid Prime 4 is, is supposed to be on its way. There's a new Mario that's already on its way. So maybe they're just holding off until then. Have you ever have you ever been interested in the Switch? Because I don't think you've never struck me as a Nintendo guy. Yeah, I never really was much. We do we have got one. I bought one uh, for, you for Sam. It seemed yeah. All right. I can't remember why I got it for Sam. I think there was something that she Animal seemed Crossing? interested in playing. Yeah, she still hasn't played that. I think she probably will like it. She, I think she is considering it. Uh, it might have just been like Mario. Yeah, it might be Mario Kart. Actually, she was interested in getting back into uh and then it was it was actually george at one of those hitchened meetups we used to do oh yeah that, uh, that sold breath of the wild to me i barely even knew what it was at the time <laughs> embarrassingly and so I was like, all right i'll give it a go and it was fucking nice so i was playing a, a fair bit of switch around that time and oh yeah and hades as well i played on switch ah okay last on that so i like it because I, I don't have a steam deck yet either so it's my only thing that I can take around with me with these, with the Switch. But there will I buy the new one when it comes out? Probably not. Depends what um, depends what their big release game is. Mm. I've never really been interested in many of the Mario games. So. Yeah, you never. You've never struck me as as a Nintendo. I don't know why a Nintendo fan. I don't, I don't know what the term is for it. Um, <laughs> I've also just noticed Matt's been in the chat over on on YouTube, um, talking about uh, we're talking about, we were talking about um, when we were talking about uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Hell divers. Everybody refers oh, yeah. to it as shiny EDF, which I did 
which was my yeah. swipe at him recently because I'm like, this is our yeah. defense force, but because it's got a fancy graphics budget, this is the only reason you're in. Um, did Matt hate Earth <clears throat> Defense Force then? Oh, Matt hates Earth Defense Force okay. because it look because of its graphics. Largely. Is that the main reason? Okay. Largely. I remember showing him Earth Defense Force 3 on the Xbox 360 and I could just see him like throwing up in his mouth. Um, <laughs> I'm similar. So. I, I get put off by shitty graphics sometimes. <laughs> I, I, I need to get Matt to come I, on now and defend himself in a future episode. <laughs> um. <laughs> I was siding with him then. Did that come off the other way? No, no yeah. No, no, no. Like, I, just to, de- to, to defend himself to me. Um, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like... It's okay. It's okay. Like you guys, it's all right for you guys to be in the wrong because you're just guests. We can just kick you off the show after this. Like you're not coming <laughs> yeah. back. Now. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, but yeah. So no switch till next year. I'm a little disappointed, but then also because I actually I've played a lot of games on my Switch. I'm I'm a big Nintendo fan, so I tend to buy a lot of their first party stuff. But also my Switch backlog is so long that I'm like, ah, I got enough to. I got everything backlog. <laughs> it's too long. You must have thousands of games you've been meaning. Because you said that you um, don't you get, get all of the free, free <laughs> <laughs> it's pulsing. The uh, the free epic games. I think I remember you saying that you get all of those because you might end up playing them at some point. The amount of games over the I, years that must have added up so much. The amount of games I pick up in a Steam sale because I'm like, oh, that might be in a YouTube oh, yeah. episode at some point. And then it's like, oh, that would be cool. And then two years later, I finally make the, the video. And I'm like, why didn't I just wait until I knew I was going to make the video? Like, I mean, I, I've got better at that in recent memory. But also oh, like, one of my worst habits is the amount of times I see a game and I'm like, oh, I really want to play that. Yeah. I'll buy it. <laughs> and then in a few years, maybe Six. I'll find time. And that's it. It's like, it's, it's the um, SpongeBob thing. It's like a game comes out launch weekend. Oh, you know what? I think I'll buy that six months later. And then I'm like, <laughs> oh yeah, I was going to play this game open. And I'm like, why did I pay full price for this? When I played for <laughs> yeah. like, I've actually had, that's happened twice that I actually bought a game in full price and that I didn't some time between buying it and installing it, something happened, which meant I didn't play it. And I'm like, oh, this is, you have a problem, mate. You need to actually sort yourself out. Yeah, that's gonna hurt. That's that that does I, hurt. I feel bad enough that I didn't finish Armored Core. Like the from you still haven't played it. I no, I played Armored. Um, I played Armored Core for about eight hours, and I was really enjoying oh, it. I was having oh, a good. great time. I was like, this game is so good, and something happened. That's basically what happened to me. Like I wasn't like having a bad time. No, just some it just vanished from my mind, and I just stopped playing it. I, I think I think it's because we're adults. Like maybe not in <laughs> mental faculty, but yeah. we're adults who have jobs, have lives, and therefore oh, yeah. Yeah. sometimes things just get in the way. And I think that's the problem because then I'm suddenly like, oh. I I would Yeah, I keep, I actually was thinking about Armored Core like two days ago. I'm like I really need to go back and I think now I'm actually gonna start it all over again. Nice. It's been so long you, that I wouldn't want to pick it up play, now. There's one boss that I think I I think from what I read is somewhere about two thirds of the way through the game. Okay. That, um that is 
tricky. <laughs> okay. And you've got to at least place it there. And then I think I've heard that there's not much more happening after that, but I could be wrong. I only got as far as I remember the sequence where it's like, it's like a, an ambush by like a bunch of cloaked cores. Oh, yeah. Those fuckers. That was, that was stressful. Um, cause I was streaming <laughs> yeah. it at the time as well. And I'm just like, ah, oh, what's happening? Um, but that, that first, that big boss against the, um, the walking fortress is just like, oh, this is, this is yeah. so good. This is yeah. so good. That was, that was large. <laughs> that was, that was fantastic. I absolutely <laughs> loved that whole sequence. Ah, uh, right. I want to go back now and play Armored Core, but actually I can't play Armored Core. Um, even if we do wrap up this podcast, because you're coming around to my house in like two hours to play board games. <laughs> That's just about enough time to set up Monster Hunter. I was going to say, are we playing Monster Hunter? I think when I when I raised it with Monster with Matt or with the chat earlier, like Matt said Monster Hunter, which um, for anyone who doesn't know, like the Monster Hunter board game, one, it's really cool, but two, it's built to be allowed to have multiple playthroughs to actually have a full fledged campaign. And so everyone is able to make a note of uh, their hunter and like, what equipment they've got and what weapons and armor they've crafted and what monsters that we've, or, like what scraps and like pelts and stuff that you've got from hunting monsters. Um, so we have to maintain a record of what day in the campaign we are. And then, cause you only get like X amount of days to complete the whole campaign. So we played it a couple of months ago. And then what was it? The December we were supposed to meet up before Christmas and then everyone was ill, so we didn't meet up. And mm -hmm. then January, last month, we were around at Matt's house because yeah. we had to have it at Matt's house because he didn't have a sitter. So I was like, I'm not bringing Monster Hunter to your house because it'll, you know, it'll take me forever to like set it all yeah. up or whatever. So what was it? We played, um, Oh, you weren't there for that. You weren't. You weren't there for nah, that night. We, we played. Play. <laughs> we played um, the alien game, uh, Fate of the Nostromo. That was good fun. Yeah, that does, does look cool. I, I I keep thinking that I brought it round to your place to play, but I think I brought it round and we never played it, or I talked about it and we never played it. So we should get you a game of that at some point. It's good fun. Yeah, I think it has been brought up a few times. We only did probably the only ones that we played the X Wing game. Yes. Uh, just you and me at my place, and we played Street Fighter at yours. I, I think those are the only two that we've done that are just that were like two player dealios. That were just you and me. Like we've played yeah, it with yeah. our respective partners. We've played a bunch of games together, but yeah, that was yeah, the only yeah, two that was. we've. I want to play more Street Fighter because Street Fighter is quite fun. Um, that was cool, and I did enjoy X Wing, even though we spent half of it doing circles around each other. <laughs> Trying to line up a shot. Just it just like, feels like it has such potential to be really fun, but so far I've not really had a fun experience on it. Yeah, it seems like oh, if you're actually good at the game, this is really fun. But we're both yeah. like pair of numpties trying to fly these uh, X-Wings <laughs> yeah. and TIE Fighters around and we can't seem to hit each other. <laughs> um, and we might have been playing the easy version as well, which probably just reduces the stuff that can happen. Or will we? I can't remember. Oh, God. Because there was a lot of reading to do. <laughs> that was a lot of reading. Because I remember we were round at your place and it was like, all right, we're going to play this game. And I think we, our partners had set it up as sort of like a play date. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. We'll come Pretty over to your thing. place, we'll have lunch, and then the, you know, the, 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 you know our better guys, halves will disappear to the other room while yeah. the guys stay in here. 
and play um and play their board game oh thanks uh, hey king over on on twitch but yeah like sort of we'll play our little board game and then they came back in like how are you guys doing and it's like i think tommy's almost finished reading the manual and i'm like <laughs> pretty much uh, that's how a lot of them are now though aren't they like all the cool ones like like monster hunter. Fighter, monster hunter yeah it's just a tome that you have to get through before you can I'm, play again. I was going to say, remember the first time we played Monster Hunter? I was I was sending you guys photos of this because I had yeah. the whole board game set up in my lounge for like a week before yeah. you guys came around to the house, and I'm yeah. like doing a dry run of it myself, like with the book and watching someone on YouTube. I'm like, how do you play this game? Like, how do you do the thing? And you have the hair and the hair. Okay, I think I've got a grasp of this. And then you guys came around like, you you understand how this game works now? I'm like. Maybe. <laughs> kind of. Let's go. Um, <laughs> as I'm sitting here with a giant booklet in my hand, like, page 207. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Now that it's been I've... like three months since that, and probably going to start from scratch again. I, oh, I don't God. remember a damn thing. <laughs> I was... But I'm sure it'll come back to us. I just had that thought as I was making that little rant that, oh, God. I should go. I should go downstairs as soon as this is done. Go and set it up and have a look at the manual wow, again really? to remind me how to play this damn game. Because <laughs> also, I've got to reset up everybody with the correct equipment. Because yeah. you all crafted stuff when we played it the last time. It's oh yeah, and you've still got all that. Oh <sighs> crap! It is really fun though. I, I think it is worth saying. Like even then, because we were playing it as a team of five. Because even though it only allows for four hunters, I actually played as like the DM for the monster. Uh, to make that easier on everyone else. And I, I thought that was fun. But even then, I could maybe join you as a hunter. Uh, we could probably mm. break the rules slightly and have a fifth hunter in there. But yeah, it's going to go. I mean, we lost anyway, didn't we? So we probably need the help. Oh, yeah. Kill, did we not? We, did, we did one hunt and we actually, yeah, against the Toby Kadachi and we actually failed it. That was. <laughs> yeah. And it was like one in the morning at this point, and, you guys, and you're like, all right, guys, I, I need to go home. Could I was not <laughs> But no, you have you have plans this weekend, so we're not allowed to we're not allowed yes. to keep you up too late. Yeah. All right. Let's Thank let's you. let's start bringing this episode to a close. So, Ben, thank you so much for joining us today on Branching Factor. It's been good to have you. We'll need to have you back on at some point just to talk nonsense anytime. Yeah. We'll do it um, after the Elden Ring DLC. All right. We'll have, you can become our resident from software expert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there we go. We, need, we needed one. We needed one. We've now got it. Um, me, I'm the resident. I'm the... I'm, Everything expert. <laughs> I'm just the guy that presses all the buttons and, tr- and tries to sound smart and fails miserably. Anyhow, but yeah, thank you very much for joining us on Branching Factor. It's been a lot of fun. I've had a great chat. Have a great time chatting with us, with the wonderful Ben. Don't forget to check him out over at unfathomableaudio.com. That's unfathomable, unfathomable, unfathomable. You've got to say it three times fast. And of course, Branching Factor. And I end up in your house. Unfa- <laughs> it's like the Beetlejuice of audio. <laughs> just say unfathomable. And then you're like, all right. Okay, well, the wife's just dropped me off. Uh <laughs> Do you, yeah. do you want to play Street Fighter? <laughs> yeah, just really awkward. Don't suppose you've got a beer. <laughs> I do. I, I, there is there is beer in the house. The beer is beer. Actually, I need to start cooling the beer for you coming round because I can't serve you warm beer. Oh, nice. I'm kind of a horrible human being, am I? 
Uh, I'm not a monster. But yes, check us out. Don't forget to uh, rate the podcast on whatever platform of choice that you're currently on. Reach out to us via our socials over on AI and Games. If you have questions, send them out to branchingfactoraiandgames.com or for patrons, visit the AI and Games Discord server. Of course, everything I'm doing here, this is all supported by the AI and Games Patreon. So go to patreon.com forward slash AI and Games and a shout out to, of course, our two executive producers over our top tier patrons who support Branching Factor and that's Scuppy Pup and Michael Russell. We'll be back soon. Hopefully one more episode we're going to squeeze in right before I pop off to GDC in March. Ben, it's time to wrap up. Thank you very much. Shall we say goodbye? I reckon we could. Goodbye. Goodbye. Perfect. We did it. All right. Take it easy, everyone. (laughs) See you later. (laughs) I'm terrible at this. I need to work better on how to actually end this thing. The Branching Factor podcast is hosted and produced by me, Tommy Thompson, with support from Anne Sullivan, George Osborne, Mike Cook, and Quang Yoon. Our theme music is provided courtesy of Ben Ridge. The logo and thumbnail art is thanks to Helen O'Dell. Special thanks to Shraddha Gupta and Phoebe Trigg for additional production support. And of course, to all of you out there listening. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Branching Factor. Wherever you are in the world, be sure to stay safe, have fun, and we'll be back.